Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Welcome to This Thing Called Life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I am so excited to have you with us today. And I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and hopefully some of our listeners have started receiving the COVID vaccine or are getting all the facts about it and considering getting it. I am super, super, super pumped about our guest today. Um, She's going to talk about her connection to donation and also how she's doing today as she recently received the gift of life through two organ transplants. Um, I also want to remind our listeners that February 14th is National Donor Day, which is a time to honor those who have given the gift of life as donors, both living and deceased, as well as celebrate the recipients, like my guests coming up, and also acknowledge the lives that have been lost because a person didn't receive their transplant in time. Um, It's also a great time to educate yourself and just learn more about the power of donation and also register to be a donor, which you can do at lifepassiton.org. Also later this month, uh, I'll be interviewing Dr. Madison Cuffey of UC Health. He is a transplant surgeon there. So we will be talking with him and getting his perspective uh, on transplant. Um, So please tune in for that. And so with that, I would like to welcome Ms. Donna Jones-Baker to the show. Welcome, Donna. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. So can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, about myself or about the journey? Well, how about a little bit of both? Are you now are you a Cincinnati native or you are? No. Okay. No, I didn't think so, but I wasn't <laughs> sure. I was uh I was uh born in western Kentucky in, in Paducah, Paducah. Oh Kentucky. wow. Yeah. I actually know people in Paducah. Do you? I do. Oh. Oh my, we'll have to talk about them afterwards. (laughs) That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, it really is. uh, But but I was born in Paducah, went to Murray State University, and right after I graduated, uh, got married and went to um, the Baltimore area, where I spent 22 years or so, and then moved back here for the Urban League job as CEO of Urban League. Okay. And how long were you with the Urban League? I was with the Urban League for 15 years, 15 wonderful years. Wow. And and I'd still be there had it not been for uh, the heart attack that I, that I had. Yes. Like I remember, I remember reading that you had resigned from your position because of some health challenges that you were going through. And I was really surprised because you have, you had been with the organization so long and they've really just, they really did a lot of phenomenal things for the community under your leadership. So can you tell us about that kind of next chapter in your life with your health? Sure. Sure. I will. Uh, So I, 
had been feeling bad mm -hmm. and, um, you know, thinking it was just the cold or a flu. And I went to an urgent care center and they gave me a Z pack and sent me home. And uh, I did that actually twice. The second time I did it, it was on April Friday, April 13th. And I, oh. didn't, feel, I didn't feel well. Uh -huh. I had done an event for a colleague who wanted me to, to uh, host a, a round table. And I felt horrible and mm. did it anyway. I, I shouldn't have, but I did. It's just the way that I always operated. Just, I told her I had, would do it. And so I did it. Right. As I crawled back to the car, oh. <laughs> oh. feeling horrible, I got to the car and I got home. And that Sunday, I actually had the heart attack. But it wasn't just a heart attack. It was something called giant cell myocarditis, a virus that attacked my heart and was literally eating it up. And it's and, very rare from what I understand. Oh, my goodness. And and it, it is extremely rare. And it is it is mostly diagnosed through an autopsy. And so I feel extremely fortunate that we got to the hospital and they gave me a what's called an LVAD, a left ventricle assist device. Yep. And I I had the LVAD from April 17th to 2018 through July 17th, 2020. Um, oh, goodness. But there's but there was a there was a kink in it um, as well. When I got the LVAD, before I got the LVAD, they wanted to give me a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. They couldn't because they found a cancer on my kidney. And at Madison Cuffey, Dr. <laughs> Cuffey actually removed the kidney. And uh wow. And that's when I got on the transplant list for both the heart and the kidney. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how, tell me this, what were your, what were your views about organ transplant prior to this experience? I have been, you know how, when you get your driver's license. Mm -hmm. uh, so at age 16, when I got my first driver's license, I became an organ donor. And so and that was, uh, I, I have always believed in it. And so it could have been me that donated an organ to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, when, when I die, mm -hmm. I want everything that is usable <laughs> to go to somebody right. because I won't need it anymore. Right. And so, yeah, I, I believe in organ donation. So what, as a, as a, I look at you as a community leader, I think you've done so much here in our community. What is, what are your thoughts or your perspectives about why some people of color are apprehensive about the idea of donation or registering to be a donor? I can only tell you what I have heard. Mm -hmm. And what I have heard is if, if someone of note needed an organ and you were 
you could have been saved but weren't because that person needed the organ mm-hmm. um, because you're a black they would take it and uh, think nothing of it right that is what I've heard on a number of occasions right it's it's a little like the the vaccine yes you know people are afraid of it yes. and but African Americans die more frequently than uh, of the of the um, COVID nineteen. Right. Actually, of of all kinds of ailments, heart attacks and strokes and diabetes. And when I was at the Urban League, we did something called the the State of Black Cincinnati. I remember and, that. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, and and it was people. People really liked it because it told, it laid bare some of the facts of what's going on in healthcare and and housing, et cetera, in in uh, the city. Right, which and I think now too with everything that has happened over the over last year and just mm-hmm. what we've seen, it's really been brought to the surface. And, you know, I for me, like hearing Dr. Fauci acknowledge that people of color suffer disproportionately from those illnesses and, and other things, right. to me, spoke volumes. But it's, you know, it's tough, particularly in this area of organ donation, because more than half the people on the waiting list are people of color. And so at Life Center, part of our mission is just really working hard to try to to break through those myths and just provide as much education as possible. And that's why um, I think it's so important that um, we were able to have you on the show just so you could speak from, you know, from, from your perspective and and what you went through um, with this. So, so what was it like since we talked a little bit about the vaccine, what was it like battling all of this during a pandemic? I can't even imagine. You know, the pandemic notwithstanding, you know, you you have to take one day at a time. And I had the the kidney removed in January of 2020 and had the um the transplant kidney and heart in July of 20. And so those months of waiting were were tough because um, I needed, uh, I, was, I was afraid and my doctors were afraid that I would have to go on dialysis. And thank God I didn't. That one kidney stepped up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I couldn't have a heart, a new heart that was pumping normally and have one kidney. So I had to have the kidney transplant. Right. Right. Yeah. And that was and, a pretty risky surgery from what I from what I understand and just doing research and, and interviewing you. Yeah. You had quite a I, care team at UC. I had an outstanding yeah. care team. And Dr. Lewis. Lewis B. Lewis. Lewis B. Lewis. When we first started at UC, I said, now, that's a name that I will never forget. <laughs> yes. And actually he's I think the third or fourth. Uh, I should know that by now, by heart. (laughs) But um, he had, when I got the LVAD, something went wrong and he had to go back in, in, cut, 
again and go back inside and fix whatever it was that was wrong. I think I was bleeding or something. Mm. So when he went in, when, when he, he gave me the heart, he also did the heart transplant. And uh, in, in addition to the OVAD, he went in three times. And so that was very dangerous uh, to have done that. And to, um, to add the kidney onto it was really tough. It's really interesting. The things that the kidney likes, the heart doesn't. And so oh. there's a delicate balance of, yeah. you know, how much of what, what do I have enough of that the heart is happy and the kidney is happy. So, so I bet that's a lot, as you were saying, delicate balance in terms of the medications and there's Absolutely. a lot that goes into that. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Wow. So is there anything that you would want to say to the, to the families of your donors? Uh, sure. Thank you very much that the gift that I was given, there, there aren't words to say uh, enough to say thank you. Uh, and I'll just let it go with that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. So as we've talked, I mean, this has been a, this has been a, a, a huge chapter in your life. Was there someone who helped you through this every day? My husband, Greg. Yeah. I thought you <laughs> I, might say that, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to. <laughs> I, I call him my rock. Oh. And um, yeah, this, we, we will, we are entering our 15th year of marriage. Oh, and, congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much. You know, he he's he's just wonderful. He's he has he he's a, a a consummate project manager. And I was his project for a couple of years, making sure that there, there was a period of time that I just was not at myself. I, you know, I I I and so I've got a, a fistful of medicines that I have to take every day mm -hmm. and you have to count them out and they have to be right. And you have to take them, take them at the certain times, et cetera, et cetera. And for a period of time, he was that person that ensured that I did that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I had a, um, I had a nurse who, who helped me a lot but without Greg, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. And, and, and that person who is the caretaker in most families, they, they are to be uh, celebrated because they really help, are helpful, mm -hmm. really helpful. Mm -hmm. So kind of as you, you've gone through this, what, what would you say to someone else who is kind of on the onset of something similar in terms of a health challenge like this? What would be your advice to them? Don't think about it all the time. You can get so bogged down or if you think about only that all the time, you won't be able to, to enjoy life and 
you really need to do everything that you can to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be my my advice. Very good. I love that. So what what brings you gratitude and peace on the tough days? Mm, that I'm still alive, that I have loads of grandchildren. <laughs> oh, how many grandchildren do you have? Oh my goodness. Greg and I, we of course have a blended family mm-hmm. and I have three. My daughter has three and my blended daughters have another four and so seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, have you been able to see them through the, since the pandemic or? We use Zoom a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're growing. They're just growing. <laughs> you know how, what happens to kids, uh, you know, if you don't see them in for a while, they just, just <laughs> oh my goodness. But um, yeah, they, I, they, they bring me lots of joy and I have, I have to include my daughter as well, yes. Stephanie, who's incredible as are uh, Maya and Keisha. Uh, yeah. They have, they're, they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. So, so family is, is, is everything to me. Yes. And um, uh, we've, we've started a, a Sunday Bible study, uh, Sunday oh night is just an hour. And so it's, that's, a, that is, that has, we've done it for, should call it the pandemic study, <laughs> study. But, but it's it's really brought a lot of of joy to my life mm-hmm. so and just to be able to have you know in spite of covid to be able to have that connection yes grow together and and support one another i think has to be amazing i love it that is. idea it is yes oh, yes wow so is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe I didn't ask or if there's anything else you'd like to say, please feel free. Mm. Uh, I, I'm always stumped by this question. <laughs> <laughs> I catch all. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh, um, I, I think uh, I appreciate your, your asking me to be here. And I appreciate the Life Center. Thank and I, I think you guys do a, a great job. It's a tough job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, one that if if it weren't being done, uh, a lot of lives would be lost. And so I, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and kidney. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And I will certainly pass that along to the rest of our staff as well. Yes, that means please. a lot. And um, you know, a lot of times we, so we have the clinical side of our organization, which they're responsible for the recovery of organs for transplants. So when they're able to see someone like yeah. you who has received those gifts, it really, especially because it is a tough job. It just, it really, really means so much to them. So I can't wait till we have this um, episode live so that they can listen to it, but I will also pass that along to them. It'll mean a lot. Oh, good. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. 
So I have one other question. What, once the pandemic is over, what's the first thing you're going to do? Like when you can go out? I, I want to uh, schedule a trip to uh, my, my, my grand grand are in the uh, Baltimore area. Okay. So I want to schedule a trip there. I don't know whether it'll be a flight or a road trip, but right. one, one or the other. <laughs> but you and, said I'm and, getting there. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I've told my husband that he should start looking for a cruise. I love cruising. Oh, <laughs> some place nice and warm and, <laughs> and um, ah, just warm beaches and um, weather. I'm looking yes. forward to that, looking That's... forward to that. So visiting family and uh, playing. <laughs> awesome. That, 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 that sounds like a, a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> Post-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you just taking the time to to sit down and, and chat with, with me. And I think what you said just it's going to touch a lot of people and just, I appreciate your honesty and, and just sharing, you know, your story and what you've been through and, and also the importance of having that support mechanism in place um, with your husband mm-hmm. and your daughters. Yes. And, yes. and I think that's so important. So thank you. So as I close today, I just want to remind everyone, there are 112,678 men, women, and children in need of life-saving organ transplants in our country. Mm. So today, 20 people will die because they didn't receive a transplant in in time. So what can you do? You can register to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor, or you can consider being a living kidney donor because the vast majority of those men, women, and children need a life-saving kidney transplant. Thank you so much for listening. Please be kind to yourself and to others. This episode is brought to you by LifeCenter. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to LifeSetter for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.